we heard coming in, uh, Lawton Davis, the coastal health district down there in Savannah, as the vaccine was being distributed there, I believe the first in the state. And you were on hand for that uh, one day earlier this week, if memory serves. I was. Yeah, we were down there, uh, I think it was Tuesday. They actually got a few doses in to some of the, the key folks on late Monday. And we were there Tuesday when a lot of the frontline healthcare workers at the different hospitals in the Savannah area and some other folks received the vaccine. Very exciting day for Dr. Toomey and our whole teams and, and for our state. And really, more importantly, Tim, for all those people that are on the front lines of the fight against COVID in our hospitals and our medical facilities uh, all across the state. So we're, we're excited. And then yesterday we were at Grady. Dr. Toomey got um, vaccinated, very emotional. You could see and really feel the excitement that she was experiencing, just a medical miracle, really. The vaccine got done so fast, a big big tip of the cap to the Trump administration and Operation Warp Speed. Now, have you received the vaccine yet? If not, when do you plan to do so? No, I haven't. I mean, I, I offered to do that to help build public confidence, which I'm very uh, confident in that. I know the family and I will all be taking the vaccine at some point. But right now, I don't really meet the 1A criteria uh, that that's health care workers and uh, folks in nursing homes, those caregivers there. So I'm going to I'm going to wait and let our frontline heroes get it first. And when it becomes available to someone like myself, I'll be glad to step up and do that to continue helping beat the drumbeat about it's important to get vaccinated. And Governor Brian Kemp with us uh, now. The logistics of distribution, storage and distribution around the state, understanding the University of Georgia is going to house at least some of the vaccine, uh, some quantities of the vaccine, probably sometime during spring semester. Are you satisfied at this moment in terms of getting sufficient quantities into the state and then getting them where they need to be? Do you think that we have logistically changed Check the boxes. Well, I wouldn't be able to say that right now. I mean, we're having, you know, we're getting doses, which is the good news, but we're not getting near what we're going to need to. This is going to be a months-long battle. I pleaded yesterday with the with my fellow Jordans to be patient. This is going to be a methodical rollout. We know that we will have logistical hurdles, so people really need to buckle down, continue masking, social distancing, avoid gatherings if can just to help us you know get over this this hump we're seeing right now in cases and hospitalizations but it's going to take months and months and months to get the vaccine distributed to the general public it's just the probably the largest logistical lift the state has ever been involved in um so it, it's it's going to be a quite the quite the scenario and workload for all of our folks that are involved in that. That being said, we are ready. We are working hard every day uh, to get the vaccine out. We know that we got 84,000 doses this week. We're going to have, thankfully, the looks like we'll be getting the Moderna vaccine next week, which you don't have to store at these extreme temperatures like Pfizer. So that'll really help, especially when we go to rural areas uh, to not have to worry about that you know, minus 90 degrees Fahrenheit temperature that we've got to keep the vaccine out. So, you know, the first part of this is, is probably the most logistical, easy thing to do, Tim, go into hospitals and long-term care facilities because everybody's located in one place. When we start the general public distribution, it's going to be more like, you know, the flu vaccine, uh, having pharmacists, public health departments, and other places do that. And you can imagine when you get in, 
less centralized parts of our state, that presents more of a challenge, but we're we're ready for it, and we'll throw every resource we got at it. Governor Brian Kemp with us here another few minutes. Uh, you a moment ago uh, expressed gratitude to President Trump, the Trump administration, uh, the work that had to go into getting us to this place, this place where we do now have vaccine, vaccine singular for the moment, plural in all likelihood soon. Uh, you're giving President Trump credit for that. He is less than enamored with you of the moment. All we have to do is look at his Twitter feed and see that. Uh, he's taking shots at you, the Secretary of State, uh, the elections process in Georgia. How, how much of this do you take personally, if any? Oh, not really any of it. Look, this has been a, a, as you can imagine, 2020 has been a unique time in our state and in our country. And when you're in positions like I am, I don't take too much of this personally. I mean, the president deserves a lot of praise for Operation Warp Speed. His team does as well. Uh, The vice president, the task force, CDC, FDA. I mean, it's been, um, you know, Secretary it's been amazing that we have the vaccine right now, and you should give credit where credit's due. You know, a lot of the political shots that are happening at me or other elected officials by anyone out there, you know, at the end of the day, I know in my mind I worked as hard as anybody in the state across the country to help reelect the president. And I've supported his efforts post-election, but I've also put my hand on a Bible and took an oath to protect the laws and the constitution of this state and to follow those. And that's what I got to do at the end of the day. And that's what I'll continue to do. All right. Now where we are today and Lord knows I could, I could start most any place here in terms of the election controversies, but at the moment, uh, much of it and much of the attention focused on the secretary of state, the calls for signature audits and those kind of things, people calling on you to call a special session of the Georgia legislature to address any number of points and all kind of crazy Facebook, social media, conspiracy stuff out there. You're in bed with China. You're in bed with this country, that country. You're on the take. He's on the take. Uh, again, uh, you say you don't take this stuff personally, but it, you do have to take it professionally, I would assume. You have to, at some point, begin to respond to some of this stuff. Well, you know, I responded pretty forcefully yesterday about the conspiracy theories and the personal threats against myself and my family. I'm not too worried about that with myself. I'd invite any of those people to get out from behind that keyboard and come see me face-to-face and say those kind of things. And uh, we can have a a nice discussion about that. But when you start having vulgar things sent to, you know, 18, 20, 21-year-old kids, when you have death threats on uh, elected officials in our state, I don't care if they're Republicans or Democrats or, you know, nonpartisan races, be it a, a mayor or a city council, that is outrageous. And that needs to stop. It needs to stop immediately. There's no place for that. We can disagree on policy. We can even disagree on a lot of the conspiracy theories that are out, uh, that are out there. But when you're just calling someone corrupt with no proof or no evidence, just because of something you saw on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or anything else, I mean, that's just ridiculous. You know, we have courts of law that deal with these kind of things, election fraud, uh, problems in elections. None of that's been proven so far. I encourage people, if they have that, to get it to the campaign's lawyers and let them go to court and convince a federal judge to step in and order a remedy to that, which is how the process is supposed to work. There's lots of case law, Tim, that you can't change the rules in the middle of an election. I mean, as well documented, that's been proven again in this cycle. And, you know, if there's something out there, we'll let the courts weigh in. But I've just been honest with people. You know, I'm, I'm, 
just telling them, you know, some of the things that they want me to do, I don't have the constitutional authority to do that. It lies with the Secretary of State's office. A good example is the signature audit. I asked for that back in November. I've done that publicly three or four times now. Thankfully, the Secretary's doing that. I wish you'd have done it sooner. But regardless, we have 20 GBI agents that will be starting Monday to help with that. I'm very confident that those professional individuals here in the state of Georgia will tell us exactly what happened, and then we will know. So I'll be be glad to see that hopefully Wednesday night or Thursday. Spend a couple of minutes with us, Governor Kemp, if you have them, and discuss this specifically, the signature audit thing, because I think there's some confusion there, possibly on my part. Uh, My understanding is this, and I voted by mail. I voted absentee, and I dealt with the two envelopes, the one that had... My ballot in it didn't have a signature, don't want my signature on my ballot. The outside envelope that did have my signature, that's the envelope we're concerned with, obviously the one with my signature. We're going to try to verify my signature. How? How are we going to do that with my registration at the at the elections office? How is that going to happen? And how is that going to happen after the fact? Well, that's a very good question. I voted absentee as well because I was in COVID quarantine at the time, so I did the same exact thing that you did. Then the process is when you request that absentee ballot, Tim, the signature that you have on that request form, they will actually check that against the signature that you have on file, and that would be your original signature from your voter registration card when you registered or your signature on a, something like your driver's license, which, you know, we have the process in Georgia that I actually sued the Obama Justice Department over to check your citizenship. So if you have your driver's license in Georgia, we got your signature. We also know that your citizenship has been verified, and obviously you meet the age requirement because that is, uh, you know, on your driver's license. And once that's done, they will mail you the ballot. When the ballot comes in, they check the signature on the outer envelope that you described to that database signature as well. And then in the past, they've also checked that checked that against the application, which, which was the triple chick, uh, signature check. Now, I know that's changed a little bit because of some lawsuits and other things that have gone on. Uh, but generally, that's how the process works. So what is going to happen with the audit is, you know, obviously they – your ballot's secret, so it's no longer attached to the outer envelope. So there's no way to go back and, and deal with that. But what they can do is take the signatures, make sure that they meet the requirements to make you know to show people that that vote should have been cast regardless who it was and who they voted for. And that's the process that's going to be going on next week, to my understanding. Now, the Secretary of State, you know, he has the constitutional authority to order that, and I'm sure he could probably speak in more detail to the nuts and bolts of that and other things probably a little better than I could. Uh, quickly, and we'll close with this, Governor Brian Kemp. New session right around the corner. I, I don't know that a year ago we would have thought much about election reform. I'm guessing it may be front and center for the legislative session that convenes in January. Any specific thoughts of where you might want to go, if any place at all, with election reform in Georgia? Well, I can assure you that's going to be uh, coming on the front burner of the of the session. I certainly support that. I look forward to working with Lieutenant Governor Duncan, Speaker Ralston, and the rest of the members of the General Assembly to, you know, make sure that we have secure, accessible, fair elections in our state. I know one of the things that I've come out in support of is having a photo ID requirement for the absentee ballot. We do that when people vote in person. 
and uh, that's something that I, I look forward to working with them on. But I know there'll be other things, too, and that'll certainly be shaking out over the next several weeks. Right, Governor Brian Kemp, uh, thank you so much for phoning in this morning. Best of luck moving forward. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Have a great day, Tim. Thanks.